Hi, this is Jim Walden. I'm senior pastor at First Baptist Church in Temple City, California, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us. In these challenging days, if you're looking for hope and encouragement, you found a good place. We hope God's Word inspires you, speaks to your heart, and grows your faith. Enjoy the message. Good morning. Before I get to, uh, into the message, um, I want to do um, something very special in, in honor of someone very special. Now, two weeks ago, a very dear lady from this church, been here for many, many years, many of you have met her, have watched her, observed her. Milbury went to be with the Lord a few weeks ago. A dear person. I never had the opportunity to meet her. I knew of her and met her through many people, not only family, but many other people. And from all the conversations and everything I had about her, this was a wonderful lady. And I wish, ah, I started six months earlier, so I could have been here and been part of her life. She touched many of you. She touched many people within this church. She did. And she's now with the Lord. One day, we'll get to see her. And I don't know, maybe one day we go to heaven, we meet her. You might hear, hey, you all with me? No, you all? Come on. Join me here in heaven, okay? Beautiful lady, beautiful lady. And I know someone is, is watching this service right now. Christy, your mom was very, very special. I know not only to your family, but to many people here. And Zach, I've often told people, some of my former churches, one of the greatest gifts a person can get from God is a grandma or a grandpa. And I believe that with all my heart. And I, I never had a grandma or grandpa growing up. They had gone to be with the Lord. Um, I am a grandpa now. I know I don't look it, thank you. <laughs> I have three grandchildren, okay? Ten, six, and two and a half. And I'm going to tell you, as a grandma and a grandpa, everybody wins in this. It's so good. And I realized it was good, but until it really happened to me, it's like, wow, this is better than anything I ever thought of. And Zach, you got to have a grandma and grandpa. And your grandma, I know from times talking with you, what she meant, her life, how she touched you, encouraged you, was there. And that is wonderful. And you'll always have those memories. And I really believe with all my heart in the months to come, I believe this, that this circle of life we all live, this circle of life, and it, it keeps moving, this circle of life. And people enter it, and people go be with the Lord. The circle keeps going. And I know in a few months, uh, you and Emily are going to have a baby boy. And I really have a feeling, really, she's going to see I believe God's going to give her moments. I believe this all in my heart. And, uh, and that's going to be good. That's going to be good. I want to have a word of prayer on behalf of the church. 
and I want to lead us in a word of prayer. And if you don't mind, can you come up next to me, Zach and Emily, if you don't mind? Representing your family. And would you join me just in a word of prayer for a very, very special lady? You know, every week, every month, the, the doors of this church are opened. And people come in and enter. Within our congregation this morning, maybe there's some just are visiting for the first time. They've entered these doors. There are others who've been here five years, 10, 20, too long to even count. A lot of people have come through this church, these doors. And years ago, someone very special came into this church. She stayed, she ministered, she worshiped, she encouraged. I thank you that this morning as a church, we could just pause for a moment and, and pray for Milbury. And we pray that coming up in January will be a memorial service in honor of her. We will talk, we will reminisce, we will believe in the scripture to be absent from this body. It means we're present with you, restored, whole, no cancer, no pain, no suffering, nothing, no needles, no doctors, all brand new. And I thank you for that. I thank you for Christy and Zach, Emily, their family. I pray blessings upon them, their todays, tomorrows, the moments that come up in regards to that day of memorial service for her. And bless that day, Lord. Surround us with angels and encourage us as we honor a very special, special lady who walked the, through the doors of this church years ago and left her mark. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, buddy. Okay. And the kids, we can go to Kids Zone. Thank you. <laughs> I always forget that. Kids, kids Zone with Zach. Thank you for allowing us a moment to do this. If you do have your Bibles, if you could turn to the 23rd Psalm, Psalm 23, right in the middle of the Word of God, Psalm 23. Last week, as uh, we gathered, I began this series on the 23rd Psalm. I, I've entitled it, My Shepherd, My Psalm. My shepherd, my psalm. This 23rd psalm is one of the most known portions of scripture in the world. People know it within the church. People know it outside the church. If you had $100 for everybody who could quote some of the 23rd psalm, you'd be a millionaire. I'll tell you right now. It's there. Everybody knows about this psalm. And it's, it's so wonderful because at moments, this psalm can touch your life if you let it. Now, I don't know how the 23rd Psalm has affected you when you first heard it or whatever. I can answer for myself. Uh, there's some moments in my life where the 23rd Psalm just, boom, it just exploded on the scene. Um, I grew up Catholic. I'm from uh, New York, New Jersey. Came out here when I was third grade. And I, I grew up in a Catholic faith. And attending, we memorized the 23rd Psalm, I think as a seven-year-old. The 23rd Psalm we memorized. And I want to tell you, friends, 
When I got done memorizing that, which took a lot of effort, and I remember quoting it back, I felt in my heart, I know the whole Bible. I mean, I could quote the whole Bible as a seven-year-old. I mean, that's how excited I felt that I knew this portion of Scripture. Okay? When we moved out here, we moved to Glendale, California, and uh, began to attend a church there, Chevy Chase Baptist Church. And one of the Sunday school teachers was going to teach on the 23rd Psalm to the young kids. And I thought, hot dog. Man, I know this. I could quote it for you right now. He's going to think I'm the greatest spiritual fourth grader in the world. He knows the Word of God. And I was excited because I knew it, and I could quote a lot of it. The next time it really became very meaningful to me, and I'll comment some on later this morning, is when I was in Vietnam. The 23rd Psalm was used daily in my life, and I'll show you in a few minutes how. When I became a minister, couldn't get away from the 23rd Psalm. I've used it in many memorial services. I've quoted it to people going in for surgeries. Um, it's been very, very vital. I have taught the 23rd Psalm at every church I've been at because it's that powerful. For us to know this Psalm truly will change our life. It truly will. And I want to show you in these weeks the Psalm you know, but I hope and pray it will just grow in a realm you've never experienced before. I really believe that with all my heart. Now, I told you last week when we began, the psalm is only 118 words, not long. But the key of the psalm is the first five words. This is the key we began with last week. You got to know the first five words. You got to believe in the first five words. For in the first five words is the foundation for the next 113 words. The first five words is simply this. Lord is my shepherd. Lord is my shepherd. My shepherd. He's got a flock of a hundred, a thousand. It doesn't matter. The Lord is my shepherd. Do you believe that with all your heart? I found that very hard to believe growing up, even in the church. I, I knew there was a God, and I, I had a belief in him, but it's like, come on, Mike Slater, give me a break. There is a hundred people, quote-unquote, more important than Mike Slater. And one was Billy Graham, okay? I mean, come on. God loves me like he loves Billy Graham. Nice thought. I can't process it. Because I know who I am, okay? I'm no Billy Graham. I'm no great teenager. And it took me so long to finally, it didn't happen until the 20s, I really began to really, truly believe the Lord is my shepherd. Me. Mike Slater. Most of you don't know me out there. Most of the world don't know me. I'm not going to make the Channel 7 news, but guess what? God loves me. He loves me, and I love him. It's him and me. That became what's called a conviction, a statement of faith and hope. It's a journey of me and my God. 
And that's all the 23rd Psalm is, a journey, one-year journey with the shepherd and the sheep. And somewhere in that journey, if we believe the same, we enter it. Every one of us in this room, every one of us watching at home, you're all part of the 23rd Psalm. There is not one of you here that is not part of the 23rd Psalm. Every one of you. You might not know what it is, what part, but it's still true. He's your shepherd and you're the sheep. And within this year, we're all part of him. This then becomes, what I wrote here, a statement of truth and belief. If I believe the Lord is my shepherd, there's a discipline here. There's a key word. There's a discipline to live a life for God. And God lives for me. It's him and me. We've become one. That discipline is enhanced if we are sensitive to God's spirit. I want you to hear that. We've got to be sensitive to what God is saying, doing, where he's guiding. When I asked you, you're all part of this 23rd Psalm, every one of you. Now, I can't answer for you. I can't answer for you. But where are you in the 23rd Psalm? Which phrase? What is speaking to you? And once you become sensitive to this and this relationship, watch this. Your life becomes convictions. Convictions of your heart. You could take it to the bank. This is true. Convictions. I will not sway. Do you know how the 23rd Psalm ends? I am sure. You take it to the bank. I am sure goodness and mercy will follow me every day of my life. Take it to the bank. There are no ifs or buts. This is true, ma'am. He's my shepherd. That's the power of this scripture. And I remember I told you their phrases which depict a part of a journey or something. And every one of us, I'll tell you, we'll live every phrase in the 23rd Psalm. You will. But do you understand why he wrote these words? And so years ago, David just simply said this. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. That's true. Now let's go. Let's journey. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He can restore my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yes, even though I walk through valley times, I fear no evil. Why? For the Lord is my shepherd. I fear no evil. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me, even in the presence of my enemies. And you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. And I am sure, I am sure, the goodness and the mercy of God will follow me every day of my life in Temple City, Arcadia, 
San Dimas, Fullerton, Pasadena. If I move to Oregon, Arizona, I can't go anywhere where he ain't. It's me and God. Got it? Now, just to understand it. Remember I told you last week, the first phrase, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That was it, I shall not want. That's from the first thought of the sheep. I shall not want. I told you last week, all that means is, I will not lack. I will not lack in anything. I am not deficient. Key word you can translate there is the word content. I am content. I shall not want. If the Lord is my shepherd, I am content that what I need in life, he will supply, period. Contentment, when you have contentment, you know what that equals in your brain? It equals assurance, confidence. I will lack nothing. I'm content. Content. Not everything works out great for me. Told you last week, you can make a Sealy mattress in the middle of a jungle. Yes, I'd rather sleep at home in my bed. I have a TV. I could watch some TV, a basketball game. I could fall asleep with a nice pillow. But then again, in the middle of a jungle, that could be as nice as my bedroom in Glendale. No, it can. Yes, it can. You can't make it. I can't make a Sealy mattress in a jungle. Yes, I wish I was home in Glendale. Okay? And some of you, some of the things you're going through. Yes, I, I really like this, and it ain't fair and all that. I understand. But how do I learn contentment as I go through it? If I don't, then I give up. I panic. I get destroyed within my life. I throw in a towel. I'm done. This is no good. It's got to be this or nothing. And God says, I'll give you contentment. I'm going to tell you something, friends. In my journey as a Christian... I love praying, and I love when prayers are answered. You know one of the hardest things about praying? Is when you don't get answers right away. And you wait, and you wait, and you wonder, is God really listening to me? And as I wait on an answer, can I really make it through this? And God says, you can my child. Now watch this. This is so good. The next portion, you could almost blend three of them together. If the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Here. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He could lead me beside the stillest water. And he restores my soul. That's what I want to show you this morning. What was David trying to say here? If the Lord, the Lord, leads me beside green pastures, he makes me. Did you notice that in your Bible? It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures, verse 2. He makes me lie down, and he leads me by still waters. You know one of the key words there? is the word make. He makes me. This goes back to analogy of the sheep. Sheep 
thought they knew everything, okay? They would graze many times from around 4 in the morning to around 10, early. And as they're grazing, maybe you're the same way, they eat a bunch of stuff or whatever, you get thirsty and you want some drink. And the sheep is looking for some water or something, and he wants to start licking that water up. And before the still waters, the shepherd says, no, you need to rest here. Why? Something happens with the sheep. And none of us are experts on sheep. I'm, I'm not. But somehow when they eat a bunch of stuff, they wind up chewing their cud, it's called. It's like it comes up a little more. Thank God we're not programmed this way. Comes up a little more. They chew it really fine like baby food. Then it's swallowed and everything's fine. If they just eat and they drink water, they'll wind up throwing up everything. It's not ready. And so the shepherd says to the sheep, you need to rest right here. Sit down in this pasture. He makes me lie down. Now, I'm going to tell you what's a hard discipline for a lot of people. Every one of us here, most of us go 80 miles an hour, if not more. Okay? And we're going from here to there to up to down. We have family, friends, bills, jobs, convictions, freeways, you name it. A lot of us go 80 miles an hour. Okay? When will the service be over? I got three things to do, and I want to catch a football game at 1 o'clock. I know. We're going 80 miles an hour at times. And one of the hardest disciplines is to take this portion of Scripture, and God says, my child, slow down. Rest here. Remember the verse? Be still and know I'm God. Be still and know I'm God. Slow down. But I know better for you. Slow down. But God, slow down. I've learned that discipline, and I learned a lot in Vietnam. Every night before we went on ambush, you always did something. You checked your weapon. You checked your ammunition. You knew, went over with the people you're going out with, where the ambush site was. You knew where a secondary site was. In case we encounter enemy fire, we need to retreat. We retreat a quarter of a mile and meet under this tree over here. Everybody knew the backup plan. So every night before we went out, same discipline. Look at your weapon. Is it functioning? Are you ready? Do you have your ammunition? Do you understand where you're going? Do you understand your backup? Yes. And then you can say, okay, I'm ready to go. No. Not for Mike Slater. Last 30 minutes of every time I went on ambush, I went alone. And I just sat with God. I thought of God. Didn't really ask him to protect me and all that. I just thought of God. 
I wanted to be just with him. Every night before I went on ambush, I quoted the 23rd Psalm. I need you. You need me. And how am I going to know you even more right now? Michael, be still and know I'm God. It was really interesting during these times, I never asked him for a lot. These quiet times, alone with God, I thought of God. And you know what I did? I sang a lot of hymns to myself. I'm not the best singer. But I know what how great thou art means. And I sang it. And I sang choruses to myself. Simple ones, kid ones. You know, Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. I'm just still with you. The prayer needs, all that, they're there. Right now, it's you and me. If the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I'm content, it's all right. He makes me lie down in the greenness of the pastures, and he leads me, watch this, beside the stillest waters. The water source for the sheep was threefold. Water drawn from a well, water drawn from what's called the dew, the dew, the liquid on those plants early in the morning. The other one was the little stream or something. And sheep are scared of water. They're, they're not good swimmers. If their wool gets all full of water, they could drown. And so many times the shepherd would block little streams with some rocks so it would just be a trickle. Because he knew they were scared. They couldn't do it. He never put them down. He just helped them. And so at times, he made them gather beside still waters, his waters. And what's really interesting about these still waters is many times, I don't know if any of us are like this, many times they're thirsty. And maybe it's going to be another hour to the stream, okay? And the sheep, I, I just know I need some water, and I can't last much longer. You know what they did many times? Many times as they grazed, they would see like a puddle of water there. And that puddle, most of the time, was muddy, full of parasites. It could be full with urine and different things like that. The sheep know nothing in many ways. They're just going, water, okay? They go towards that water, and the shepherds watching this, they're going to drink some of this. Now, they're not going to probably die, but a parasite, they're going to get really sick. This ain't good for them. And the shepherds watch them. He's always watching us. And some moments, that sheep, a couple of them would be ready to go in that puddle. You know what he would do if he wasn't next to them? He'd take this club, thy rod, thy staff, this club, like a tomahawk type of thing, club. he see them, and he'd go, wham! And he'd throw that right in front of them. He was good. He knew how to throw it. He threw it right in front of that sheep, scared the living daylights out of them, okay? And what the shepherd was saying, hey, listen, 
That ain't the living water. That stuff's no good for you. Now, you might not get it, but I get it. In fact, I love you so much, I'm going to help you get it. Don't drink of that. Drink of my water. My water. Question. How much water do you drink of God? How much water do you drink of God? The still water. In John 7.37, it says, If any of you thirst, you come unto me and you drink. If any of you thirst, come unto me and drink. Drink means to accept, to believe. Come, drink of this. This is good. When you think of God, and a lot of people who don't go to church or they're down on God, it, it really, I don't know, it makes me wonder, and I don't get it, but it's like for so many people, God is the enemy. God is the bad person. To, to follow him, you know, you don't have any more fun, you can't do this, and it's like, wait a minute. Who are you talking about? That makes no sense. God loves you. God has best intentions for you. God will fulfill your wants. He will make you lie down in the beautiful pastures. It's okay. You can get up again. And his water, what you take in, it's pure. It's good. You don't have to question it. Is it healthy? Are there parasites? Not in God's water. It's all good. And the question to you and I, do we take in his water? Do we drink of his word of God? Someone once asked him, hey, Pastor Mike, is it really important to have devotions? And here's a word we don't even use today, to tell you the truth, many people. Is it really important to have devotions? Quiet time, alone with God. Could you go a week or two without water? You need it. I need it. I need to be in this word of God. Drinking of it. Understanding it. But Pastor Mike, I don't get it all. You don't have to get it all. Read it. Drink of it. His spirit will show you things you ain't never seen before. You take that to the bank. And that water, it's good. A lot of those verses... I did something one night. We were on ambush, and we had encountered some enemy fire. It stopped. It was around 2 or 3 in the morning. And you're out on ambush. You do a lot of thinking. I'm going to tell you, and some of the weird stuff you think about. I remember this one night. I'm sitting there. I'm going, man, the enemy could come right in. I could be made a prisoner of war. That was my conclusion. I can be made a prisoner of war. Not a great thought. Scary. I thought, okay, what's going to happen if I'm made a prisoner of war? I know one thing they're going to do right away. They're going to take everything from me, all my personal items. 
And one was a pocket New Testament I always carried. They're going to take that from me. And man, I got mad. You can take my shoes, you can take my wallet, you can take my money. Don't take my pocket New Testament. They're going to take it. They don't care if I'm mad. Who cares if you're mad? We're taking everything from you. And that really got me upset. Not that I was going to lose my wallet and my money, but I was going to lose this pocket New Testament. I go, man, that ain't fair. Okay? I began to think, okay, if they take everything from me, even my pocket New Testament, what do I have? And I began to think. I started quoting some scripture, middle of Vietnam. First one was a simple one, right? For God so loved the world. And I started quoting scripture. Uh, Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. I was quoting scripture. And then um, I began to quote some scripture. I wasn't really sure where it was, you know? You know, nothing will separate me from the love of God. Not heights, up, down, in, out. Nothing will separate me from God. It's somewhere in Romans. I'm not quite sure, but it's in there somewhere. I know it. And I kept quoting more scripture and more scripture. And then I began to sing some songs and some hymns. How great thou art. Okay? Jesus loves me. I began to quote this. And I thought, you want to know something? I could come, uh, become a prisoner of war tonight. You could take everything from me. You can even take this Bible. But guess what? You cannot take the word of God from me and the songs that I know. Because they're not out here. They're in here and in here. And you cannot get in there. Period. So if I'm a prisoner of war, let's go. I don't want to be. But guess what? I got the word of God. And I got these messages, these songs. I will drink of that every day. And thank God for whatever reason... I wasn't a prisoner of war, but I knew it because I had spent so much time drinking it in, drinking it in, and it meant all the world to me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters, the waters I need, his word in my mouth. And then, friends, this is so good. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. A lot of people don't get this. This is so cool. During the day, many times the sheep would be walking and grazing and looking for food. And like today, it could be a hot sun, whatever. And it wears them out. Okay? And it gets to some of them. Life in the It gets to some of them. It's very interesting what some sheep did. When they felt this way, all the sheep, they had a place in the flock. They sort of, it's like even in church. Some of you sit here, some of you sit there. If you're sitting here and someone's sitting here, it's like, hello, this is where I sit, and this is where I sit. You know, after you've been the pastor for a while in church, I could come out and give me 30 seconds I could look around and tell you some of the people who are missing. Why? Because they're not sitting there. You sat there the other week, Jeff. You always sit up here towards the front. You always sit this way. Yeah, I know it, but you still stay. Some of the choir aren't here, but a lot of you are still here. Some of you are always back there. Ann Dougal Berger, Barbara Pankinen, you love it back there. That's cool. Roy, 
Hallelujah, I still can see you. We're creatures of habit, a lot of us. And what many times, the sheep, when they were, I don't know, worn out, whatever, the shepherd would do this. He'd be walking with them. I want you to hear this. He did not go to these sheep. You know what they did? The sheep would leave where they were in the flock. And they would come up to the shepherd. And here's the sheep looking at the shepherd. And here's everybody grazing, doing their thing. And behind him is another one. And the shepherd knew what that meant. And he always did something. He looked at them. He took his hand. He rubbed their head. And many of them, excuse me, your first name again is? Bob. Bob. <laughs> you probably never had a minister do this. He would rub their nose. <laughs> Sheep like this, okay? I'm not making this up. And many times, he rubbed their belly. <laughs> yeah, way to go. I'm going to work with you more often. You're good. Okay. And he'd do that, and then he'd wind up with the head again and go, it's all right. And the sheep, he'd go back, ready to go. And then there'd be another sheep. They had left, and they'd come to him, and he'd do the same thing. Okay? I'm not going to go through it. Okay. Well, i got to do the nose, so you know. Okay. If some of you need that, see me at the end of the service, I'll rub your nose, okay? Got it. But they would do that, and they would get, this is, this is so good, they get back in line, and they keep walking. Keep the journey. Moffat says, what restores my soul means he breathes life within me. He gives me a breath that I can't even take anymore. I can't answer for you, I'll answer for me. Life isn't always a bowl of cherries. It's not always, thank God it's Friday. Sometimes it's, oh no, it's Monday, and it's been Monday for six days in a row, and sometimes it's sunny, and sometimes it's cloudy. And sometimes, man, I feel so good, ready to go. And there's other times, man, I'm tired. I'm tired, man. I'm worn out. Life is pretty hard. Yeah. I know God loves me and all that. It's a little hard. And notice what the sheep does. He feels like that. He doesn't stay there feeling worse. He doesn't look at the shepherd and think, oh boy, if I share this stuff with you, you're really going to get on me, aren't you? The smart sheep, they go, I know you love me. I'm tired, okay? 
praying about this thing for six months and it ain't working out. I'm sorry, I'm worn out, okay? And the shepherd never looks at the sheep and says, when you get your act together, you come back and talk to me. You got it? When you really believe all this stuff, then you come and talk. Now you get your act together. Never says that. He goes. And he touches that sheep. I want to say this around 10 times in the next couple of weeks. Where is God's hand on the sheep? Question. Is that good or bad? To have the hand of God on you. And he says, it's all right. I breathe a breath of life in you. My breath. And guess what? That's a good breath. I love you. I love you too. Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I'll be content. He makes me. Makes me lie down. He leads me beside still waters. And if I go towards him, he will restore my soul. He'll breathe life within me. Help me, God. Help me in this journey of life to know you and for you to know me. Hey, church, all that are here and those that are listening. Are any of you in any of these first three phrases? Or any of you need to slow down? Any of you need to understand contentment? It's going to be all right. And do any of you here or listening need to get up and Walk. Walk to the shepherd. Walk to him. But that'll show I'm weak. No, it won't. That will show I have a lack of faith. No, it won't. In fact, it'll show you all the opposite. Where are you today, church? Just three more thoughts. A lot more here. I hope and pray. When we get done with this, you'll know the 23rd Psalm like you've never known it before. And it will impact you. Let's pray. Lord, as we go to prayer, I want to, I just want to give you sort of 30 seconds alone. Just, just alone. What do you think about what we heard this morning? Is it speaking to you? Is it making any sense? Maybe, yeah, I understand it, but thank God I'm not there. Okay, that's fine. Maybe the phrase coming up in a couple weeks. It's okay. But if any of you are there in any of these phrases, I pray with all my heart you will act on it. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. Is any part of this 23rd Psalm is speaking to you.
you know, Lord, a moment like this is even good. I know we could end the service and get to the brunches, the lunches, the football game, all the good stuff, soccer, whatever. But maybe for a moment, we just, we just pause. What is this service saying to us, the word of God, the music? Where am I with you in the 23rd? I hope everyone here will take moments like that this week. Wherever you're at, the shepherd knows. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to come here and get to know people and journey with them, growing in the Lord, knowing the word of God. I pray blessings upon this church, this people that are here, that are listening. Pray for the people in the weeks that come that will come through that door, maybe for the first time. I pray like Millery, they'll never leave. They'll go, this is my church home. And that'll be good. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I thank you very much for allowing me another opportunity to uh, be in front of you, okay? I hope we can continue to grow with one another. Um, Pastor Mike, if I can do anything for you, you let me know. I'll, I'll do whatever I can. You need prayer, someone to talk with, something I could help you with, we'll, we'll make the opportunity to get together. I'll, I'll be, try to be the best pastor I can for you, okay? And so I thank you for allowing me this moment to be with you and how long it goes, that's up to your public committee and everybody else. But it's going to go a while. I think that'll be good, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I understand. We're all analyzing and processing, aren't we? Well, hey, I think you're pretty good. I really do. Most of you are pretty good, okay? No one's perfect, and I hope I'm being pretty good to you. Am I correct, Mark? Mark, good last name, Slater. Not a relative. From my high school youth group, high school youth group. in the 70s, yep. right? Yep. And your wife? My wife, Cindy, you married us. Years ago. 29. It's working? Still working. Okay. Hey, Mark from years ago, and then I got Juan. Rock. Juan. Juan's back there. Juan. Your mom and dad. Good people. Good, good, good people. Right? And did you live just across the street or somewhere? Yeah. Right. From my youth group. Two of them. Okay. Jeff's over there. Jeff's over here. We've not acknowledged him the other time. Melissa is my youth group and her brother Tim. And to some of you that were here, were those good years? Yeah, those were great years. Great years. Awesome, right? And you had a good, good youth ministry, didn't you? <laughs> he was okay. He was okay? <laughs> hey. I am openly to Abel's Well, I'll pray for you. So. Teach one of you, God bless you. I'll be in the back of the door. I hope to get to know you, see you, say hello. Good news, next Sunday, guess what? 
you get to do it again. Yeah. That's good. Have a great, great week. We'll see you next Sunday. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed our podcast, you can subscribe and share with your friends. To support our ministry, go and click the link in the description to give online. To connect with us, to know more about who we are, or if you have a prayer request, go to our website at templecitybaptist.org. We would love to hear from you. May God bless you. See you next week.